live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 106.1 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 106.1 ESPN. Hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, it's 5 o'clock right here on a Friday afternoon. In fact, a couple minutes after 5, the weekend is officially underway. If you're finishing up work, congrats on making it through the week. It looks like it's going to be a terrific weekend that all the smoke and smog and haze is blowing its way out of here, and we should have a really nice weekend, and we're glad you started it off with us this afternoon. Bob Black with you here, hosting remotely on a Friday afternoon, AJ in our ESPN Richmond studios, and we'll have some time a little bit later in the hour to talk with you at 804-327-0888. We ended up the 4 o'clock hour talking baseball, primarily Atlanta Braves baseball, the top of the NL East. We're going to continue the baseball talk here at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, uh, unfortunately to the bottom of the NL East with the Washington Nationals. Mark Zuckerman joins us to start the 5 o'clock hour from the Nats Chat Podcast, which you hear here on 106.1 ESPN. You can also uh, follow them on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts because they've got a new one each and every day after the Nationals uh, play. And Mark joins us regularly from time to time as well at Nats underscore chat if you want to follow him on Twitter as well. Mark, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Doing fine, thanks. And I, I asked that question even more pointedly to you after the last couple of days. What was the experience like up in the D.C. area with the air quality issues and, and how odd a feeling it must have been? Look, we get games postponed in baseball because of rain and even, you know, in April we have snow outs and that sort of thing. But but this kind of postponement had to be a little surreal, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking to myself yesterday, running through the, the checklist in my mind of all the different types of uh, postponements I've dealt with over the years covering the team. This was definitely a new one. I, I've had rainouts. I've had uh, power outages. I've had remember the earthquake from way back when caused the game to be postponed. But uh, this was a first for that. And you know, you, you kind of saw it coming because they played Tuesday and Wednesday. It was a little bad. It wasn't that bad. But you saw what happened in New York and Philly when they had to postpone the games there. And everybody said, "Well, it's going to be worse on Thursday." So I. I wasn't shocked by it when it happened, but uh, to actually see a game not be able to be played for that reason, it's pretty weird. I mean, it was the right call. I don't think any of the players wanted to you know, subject themselves to that being out there. Certainly didn't want fans to have to sit through it. But, um, you know, you come up with a list of, of things that could cause a game to be postponed. You're really not thinking about the air quality as being one of them. Not, not at all, and, and kind of tough for the uh, for the D backs in this situation because they are going to to squeeze it and make that game up, right? So they're going to have to come back. I think they're in between a couple of other cities on a road trip. And now, look, I, they're major league baseball players. They they deal with it. You know, they're leading the NL West. They would certainly want to play the game and hopefully get a victory. Um, but that that's a little bit tough from a scheduling standpoint, isn't it? Right, and I think that's one reason why um, they waited till kind of the last minute before they called it off. It was only about 90 minutes before game time yesterday. They finally postponed it. The, the problem was this was the last time that the two teams were scheduled to play each other mm-hmm. this year. Uh, the Nats were already in Phoenix back in early May. So it's not even like you'd say, okay, well, we'll add an extra game out there and let the Nats be the home team. Uh, so I think they wanted to wait as long as they could to make sure, no, there's just no way we can play this game today. 
decided, yes, that was the case. So now it's uh, June 22nd. It would have been an off day for the Nats uh, prior to their West Coast trip out to San Diego. Not a huge deal for them. But, yeah, Arizona is now going to make a stop here in between Milwaukee and San Francisco. So it's not exactly on the way from Milwaukee (laughs) to San Francisco to stop off in D.C. for the day. So, yeah, you feel for them. Uh, not ideal, but it really was about the only scenario they could come up with that made any sense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Definitely a, a detour for them. But as we said, they're they're in the midst of a pennant race. They're going to want to play it and, and get the win. So meantime, that leaves the Nationals, Mark, with a four-game losing streak, 7 out of 10, 11 under 500 now. Where Where is kind of this team at? I think the last time we talked, we were a little upbeat. We were a little positive about what we were seeing, the competitiveness, uh, winning some games. But but is is this the big concern that, you know, this is how this season is going to go right now? Well, I think it's going to have its peaks and valleys, you know, honestly. And, yeah, last time we talked, they were doing pretty well, and there was a lot of optimism about the young players and the fact that they were competing with everyone, and even the games they lost were all close. And it's turned south a little since then. I kind of had a sense that might happen, and if for no other reason than the schedule. Uh, they were playing some, some lesser teams back then, the Royals, Tigers. They had some success there. And uh, after that, it started with a trip out to L.A. at Dodger Stadium. So they went Dodgers, Phillies, Diamondbacks, and now Braves and Astros on this road trip. That's a gauntlet for any team to go through, certainly for a rebuilding team like the Nats. So you felt like, okay, for them to hang on at this point, they're going to have to play really good baseball. And to be honest, they just haven't done that. They have not gotten the pitching that they were getting earlier in the year. The bullpen has kind of turned into a, a problem for them, and so you see them losing some of these games. And I'm sure it's frustrating for, for fans, but also for the players who were feeling good about themselves just a couple weeks ago. Um, but I do think you have to remind yourself, okay, this is still a rebuilding team. Uh, they're going to go ups and downs, and, and they're not quite there yet. Certainly when they have to face tough competition like they have here lately, and they're going to face the rest of the week, Um it's going to get a little tougher on them, and they've got to sort of keep their heads up and say this is all part of the process. You hope you can win a few games and just hang in there as best as you can. Well, Mark, speak a little bit more to the pitching, um, and particularly the younger guys. I think we, when we converse, we always talk about guys like Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. Gray going tonight, in fact, um, uh, against Atlanta, and just kind of what you're seeing there as the nucleus of what you think will be the future of this pitching staff. Well, if there was a bright side to the uh, smokeout yesterday, it's the fact that now they get to have Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore both face the Braves. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see that. I want to see how they handle that. They both faced them back in April in the opening series. Uh, Gray, remember, first two batters of the season that he faced, he gave up home runs, (laughs) and then he kind of battled his way through that start and tried to salvage it. And he's been really good since, in large part because he's prevented home runs. Uh, So let's see now on a, a... warm night in Atlanta, a very good lineup, obviously. Can he keep them in the ballpark? He started to walk some batters. The pitch count's getting up there a little bit. That was his issue last year. I think he's got to try to get that back under control, uh, try to um, you know, keep the pitch count down so that he can go deeper in the game. Uh, trust that he can get outs with weak contact. That's going to be his thing. So I'm interested to see how he does with that. Now, Mackenzie Gore, I thought, really looked good the first time. But he faced the Braves. That was the first time we had seen him at all in a Nationals uniform. And while he's had some ups and downs, he's had good starts and bad, there's been more good than bad. And the good ones have been really, really good. Struck out 10 a few times, struck out 11 
in Kansas City. He's got the stuff. He's got the swagger. He's got the presence of a number one starter. But this is a big assignment, obviously, on the road against that team. So I want to see how he handles that. Uh, If this team is going to uh, exceed expectations on this road trip, it's going to have to start with the starting pitching. They've got to get at least six, maybe even seven innings from those guys so they can hand it over to the back of the bullpen after that. Hey, let me ask you about another one of these pitchers, and I asked this a little bit self-serving. He's not one of the, the younger guys, uh, but I happened to be in D.C. over the weekend and saw the Philadelphia-Washington game on Sunday that, that Trevor Williams pitched, and I was actually pretty impressed by, by what I saw from him. I know he's a pretty high uh, draft pick back in the day. I think Miami picked him, um, but I just wonder, you know, does he fit in here at all? Where is he? Is he a stopgap? But I actually thought he threw the ball pretty darn well. He has done a very nice job, and, and they signed him over the winter. It didn't get a lot of attention, but it was a two-year deal for $13 million. And he had been kind of a swingman, mostly out of the bullpen for the Mets last year, who started just when they needed someone. The Nats said, no, you know what? Come here. We'll make you a full-time starter. You're going to be at the back of the rotation, number five guy. But they needed some veteran presence in, uh, in that rotation. And he's done exactly what they wanted him to do, which he gives them a chance every five days. He's not going to go out and dominate. He's not a big strikeout guy. He's mostly try to induce ground balls, get weak contact, and all that. Uh, but he has been what they've needed him to be. Uh, no real blow-ups. Give them a chance. The, the biggest thing with him, and it ties in, I think, with um, him being a reliever uh, at different parts in his career, he can look great for three or four innings, and then about the fifth or the sixth, it kind of falls apart. And so they have been reluctant to push him that much in that game the other day that you were there for, he got over a hundred pitches for the first time in two years, and Davey pulled him. He didn't want to push him beyond that. Uh, he wound up going to the bullpen, gave a home run, and the whole thing fell apart after that. So, I'm interested to see as the season plays out, would they extend him further, let him go beyond a hundred pitches, or do they just understand that's about as far as he's going to go? Um, it's not the end of the world. You just have to go into his starts knowing. You're looking for five innings, probably tops, and maybe if you're lucky and he's efficient, then you get into the sixth. Uh, finishing up with Mark Zuckerman, that's Chat Podcast, and that that one played out exactly like what you just talked about a few moments ago, and that is that the bullpen couldn't couldn't keep them in the game on that on that Sunday afternoon. Uh, offensively, uh, everyday guys, is there somebody who's kind of percolated in your eyes a little bit here in the last in the last couple of weeks? Lane Thomas has been on fire uh, yeah. since about May first. He. He's got nine homers on the season. They've all been since May 1st. We hit eight of them that month. Uh, he has done really well and opened a lot of eyes. And he's in that interesting category. of you know, He's not one of the core young players, uh, Caber Ruiz, C.J. Abrams, Luis Garcia, or, or one of the prospects that hasn't come up yet. But he could still be a part of this thing long term. Uh, he's got, I think, two more years after this of club control. It was a really savvy pickup by the Nationals. Remember... All the trades they made two years ago, and this was the last one they made right before the deadline, they sent John Lester to the Cardinals. John Lester was at the end of his career. He didn't have much left in him. He was not very good for the Nationals. But the Cardinals had a need for some pitching help. They were willing to give up a guy who didn't have a lot of chances to play there. He was a fourth or even fifth outfielder there. And that's picked him up. They've given him a chance to play. And you know what? He's turned out to be really good for them. In addition to the offense, he's got six assists, which is tied for most in the NL among all the outfielders. Had a great throw the other night against Arizona. Um, this is a good example of, yes, you want to build with big-name prospects that you either draft or you get in those trades, but sometimes it's the unlikely guys um, who just need an opportunity to play every day, and they can rise to the occasion. And 
at the moment he's doing that, and it'll be really interesting to see, can he keep that up? Because if so, he could actually be a part of this thing, uh, not just in the short term, but in the long term as well. That's why we keep coming to the ballpark and watching the games day in and day out. Uh, Mark, appreciate it this afternoon. Uh, be interested to watch how those guys perform this weekend uh, against, obviously, a red-hot and very good uh, Atlanta Braves team. Mark, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Okay, thank you too, Bob. Mark Zuckerman, Nats Chat Podcast. You'll hear it Sunday morning here on 1061 ESPN. And we check in with Mark or Al Galdi uh, from time to time during the course of the season. And again, if you're a Mets fan like AJ or a Phillies fan like me, you're rooting for the Nats this weekend, right? To try and knock those Braves off a couple of couple of games at the top of the uh, National League East standings. All right, thanks to Mark for uh, joining us, getting the 5 o'clock hour started. Let's keep it going at just about a quarter after 5 on this Friday afternoon.